excited for the word that God's given me. My throat is a little bit croaky, so I don't know why I was just shouting right now, but <laughs> I'm going to, I pray that my voice will hold so I can um, get this message out to you guys. And, do you know, like over the, probably the last um, few months, I've just been basking in God's presence, just been enjoying his goodness and his faithfulness, even in testing times, even in struggles. And, you know, when you um, look at, I can't even think of anything right now, but maybe like when you look at, right, at talent, that's the word. When you look at talent, you've either got it or you haven't, right, most of the time, yeah? Am I right? Yeah, for example, singers, you either can or you can't right and um, the beauty about God is that his love his presence is for everyone it's not about you've either got it or you haven't you're either passionate or you're not you either love him or you don't God wants every single one of us to be God lovers he wants every single one of us to love him to live for him to worship him and not just on a Sunday and at the beginning of the year, I was like, I love New Year's resolutions, New Year's goals, all of that sort of stuff. It's so me. I never keep any of them, but I love them, right? And so the last few years, I feel like I've been, you know, getting a bit more extreme in my, in my um, New Year's resolutions. Like things that I know I'm never going to do. Like, oh, this year, Sean, I'm going to run a marathon. I know it. I'm going to run a marathon. I'm not going to train for it. I'm not going to do anything, but I'm going to do it obviously I don't even know what month you run a marathon so but I'm just going to do it right and I have all these goals and sort of stuff in, in my head and like there's one thing I struggle with I don't I don't know why all of my family have got rhythm and for some reason I just can't seem to like dance properly and I know it's, it's shocking it's shocking I know but I, tr I try so hard and so like one of mine this year was like I'm going to learn to dance right my kids love dancing and I was like I'm gonna I'm really gonna learn to dance and I haven't done anything to try to learn but I was like it was just in my head and um unfortunately my um granddad passed away a few weeks ago and um we went to his funeral um went well the first part of his funeral um was last week so unfortunately I wasn't here and um in the Ghanaian culture whether you're happy or sad it's a lot of dancing right and so you know they call all the family up to dance and it's really simple all you had to do was like two step just literally two step I can do it now look at me watch me go but I don't know if it was the pressure of people watching I'm there like literally like this tripping people up and I felt so awkward and I'm like god why can't I dance what is wrong with me and at the beginning of the year, you know, as I was thinking, oh, I want to learn to dance, I want to learn to dance. I had a few others that I won't mention, but I was like, I'm going to learn to dance. And anyway, I was just spending time with the Lord in the morning and um, a verse jumped out at me. And you know, sometimes you can just be reading the word and you're reading and it's good, it's great. But this time, this verse literally was like shouting at me. And it's in Mark um, chapter 12, verse 30. And it says, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, 
all your mind and all your strength. And I'll be honest, I read it and I was like, yeah, God, I love you with everything within me. You know that, Lord. But I just felt the Holy Spirit was like, no, Paula, this year, I want you to love me with all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your soul and all of your strength. And I'll be, I'll be honest, because, you know, we sing all of these songs, you know. We're, we're God lovers, right? We, we testify and declare, we love the Lord. We love the Lord. It's something that we're, we're passionate about. But as I began to continue to read the Word of God, it was like every day for that month, everything was about love the Lord your God. Love the Lord your God. And... For so long, and it's a good thing, my focus has always been on God's love for me, right? Because it's important how much God loves us. That's life-changing. People need to know how much God loves them. However, the Bible also talks about our love for him. And for so long, I thought, oh, no, God, let me just focus on your love for me, your love for me. God's like, Paula, this year, I want you to love me. I want you to pursue me more than you have ever done before. And I was like, okay, Lord, what, is, what does this look like? What does this look like? And um, the Greek, when, if you look in the Greek word, I'm not going to pronounce the word because I just can't get it right. But when it talks about this verse and it says about you must love the Lord, it says you must take pleasure in the Lord. You must prize him above other things. You must be willing to abandon him, to abandon, sorry, everything else. You must be willing to long for him. And then you continue to read the Bible and in the Psalms you read about as the deer pants for water, so my soul longs for you. And I'm reading, reading it and I'll be honest, I was like, wow. This psalmist really loves you, Lord. Wow, God, you are requiring, you're asking us to love you more than any other thing in this world. And the interesting thing with love is that at first you've got, you've got feelings, right? It is just so, if you've ever been in love before, right? It is just, ooh, so good. It's so amazing, right? You know, if, um, I hope you teenagers haven't yet, but when you hear about teenagers in love, people say they're lovesick. They're like, what is wrong with my child? They're obsessed. Why? Because they found their first love, right? And when you find your first love, nothing else seems to matter. And so I'm thinking about this stuff and I'm like, and God's asking us to love him like that. He's asking us to love him more than we've ever loved anyone else. And you see, when you're in love, I don't know about you, but you'll do anything. All right? When you're in love with someone, you will do anything. Oh, I'm so tired. Like, I was just about to sleep. Oh, well, I've only got a free hour right now. Okay, I'm wide awake. I'll talk to you right now. And you're happy. You're excited. You'll give anything to spend time with that person. Nothing else seems to matter. And I believe that God is calling us this year, God is calling us as we run our race for him, as we live our lives for him. He's saying, will you love me like nothing else matters? 
Will you pursue me and put me first more than any other thing? And I've believed that there's some of you this morning and God's been pulling your heart for a long time. You know it. You know that you're called to more with God. You know you're meant to spend more time with him. Not out of religion, but out of love, out of relationship. You've had a pull on your heart and every day you give another excuse. Oh God, but I'm so tired. Oh God, but I'm so busy. Oh God, you know what's going on in my world right now. And God's asking you, I just want you to love me back. I just want you to experience my goodness and my faithfulness. You see, when you love the Lord with your whole heart, his presence is all that matters. You long to be with him. You long to spend time with him. You long to know him. His presence is literally everything. And... In, in my um, circle of people around me at the moment, I know a lot of people who are pagan, a lot of people who are into the spiritual, but, you know, not spiritual that we're thinking of. And um, it was about, if, probably about a year ago, it was before I had moved to London. And um, I, was see, I went out with a friend and um, we, were just, we were just talking. And she's, she's not a Christian, but she said to me, she was like, oh, Paula, you, the other week, I don't know what I was going through, but I was talking about something that was going on in my world. And she was like, I'm, I'm really struggling at the moment. Can you share me how your faith helps you? And I was like, what? Like, this is like text, this is like a dream, right? Someone just literally asked you, tell me about your faith. So I was telling her, you know, it's the presence of God that's been changing me. It's the presence of God that just secures me and helps me. And that even though life can be chaos, I've got rest for my soul. And I'm saying all of these things and she's all teary. And I'm just like, God, you're amazing. You're amazing. You're amazing. So we go on, it was, I think it was a Tuesday we had connect group that night so I go to my connect group and I'm like guess what everyone God's so amazing like he allowed me to share share the gospel to share his goodness and we're all like okay let's believe for this woman to give her life to God and so then the following week, um, I see her again. And she's like, Paula, I haven't been able to stop thinking about what you've said. And I'm like, oh my days, she's about to give her life to Jesus. I was like, in my heart, I'm singing, hell lost another one. She is free. She is free. I'm getting excited. Like, come on. She's about to give her life to God. And so she's like, I haven't been able to stop thinking about what you said. And I was like, oh, that's amazing. She goes yeah and do you know what Paul it's all thanks to you and I'm like yeah yeah she's like I'm re- I realized that for me I'm gonna worship the moon <laughs> you know when you're like what and she's like no and I'm, my face obviously must have dropped and she's like thank you so much I was like I'm thinking God I'm meant to be leading people to Jesus not to the moon come on what went wrong and I was gutted, you can imagine. So obviously you've got to share the highs and lows with your connect group, right? So I went back to my connect group and it was like, guys, I don't know if it was me or if it's because you didn't pray hard enough, I don't know. But she doesn't want Jesus, she wants the moon. And yeah, I'd like to say she's saved now, but not yet, but she will be in Jesus' name. But 
do you know what? I was, I was gutted, like genuinely gutted. And I was like talking to Sean about it. And I was like, why won't they love Jesus? Just why won't they give their lives to Jesus? And I was like, I realized that she's, they, um, the people I'm around, they go to a lot of like witch circles, meditation circles, all of that sort of thing. And I realized that they're desperate for a presence, right? They're desperate for a rest for their soul. They're desperate for something, for a hope, for a peace, for, for something. And they're going to all of these things searching, not realising that the one thing they're actually desperate for is the presence of God. They're desperate for his presence. And it, when, I, when the Lord was revealing this to me, it was rocking my world because it was making me realise that, God, if I'm going to present the gospel, if I'm going to give people Jesus, I don't want to just give him, oh, Jesus loves you. I want his presence to show up. And it's the same for us in our lives. We cannot live without the spirit of God. We cannot live without his presence. If we're here at church without his presence, it's just us singing a bunch of songs, karaoke style. That's all it is. What makes this meeting different than any other thing is the presence of God. And there's someone in the Bible who understood the presence of God so well, and that was Moses. And in Exodus chapter um, 33, it's, you know, I think most of us kind of know the story of the Israelites and everything that they went through and the struggles. And um, it's at, in Exodus 33, basically the Israelites have ended up making a golden calf and worshipping it. Even though they've seen God's goodness, even though they've seen his grace and they've seen how amazing he is, they end up worshipping something else. And God's hurt. He's upset. And he says to them, do you know what? You can have your promised land. You can have your promised land. I will send an angel before you. The angel will drive out all your enemies. You can have it all, but I am not going with you. And it gets to a point that obviously Moses, who has experienced the presence of God, is absolutely gutted. And in Exodus 33 says, if you don't personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. You see, what God was doing in that moment was he was offering the Israelites, he was offering his people, you can have whatever you want, but I won't be with you. And it makes me question, does that happen in some of our lives? In reality, we want a happy life. We want peace. We want joy. We just want life to be good. And we're not bothered whether we have his presence or not. You know, we, of course, we, we want to come to church. We want a great church because we believe in God. But we're happy with just coming on a Sunday we don't mind if we don't pursue the presence of God on a daily basis. And I really believe God is calling us for more. He wants us to be people that pursue him. People that are passionate about him. That are in love with him. And as I said before, I believe there is a bubbling in our church. A stirring of some of you who are saying, God, I want more of you. What I have is not enough, Lord. I want more of you. 
And if you don't want more of God, maybe you don't know him. Maybe you haven't experienced the mercy of God, the grace of God that will find you when you're so undeserving. When you're so undeserving, whether you get things right, when you get things wrong, that we're so undeserving, yet he would choose us. That God himself would choose every single one of us. So when you look at, just have a look around for a moment. Look around in the room. Every single one of you, he's chosen. And he's saying, I want you. Whether you've got it or not, I want you. God's asking for more of you. God's asking for you. Not because, not because he just thinks, oh, I just want you, to, want you to have me. But because he's called you, he's chosen you, he's given you a purpose. And there's some of you that need to wake up. You were called by God. You've been chosen by God. He wants you. He is desperate for you. And all these other distractions are easily coming and taking away our attention. And I had this really, um, um, a picture um, a, few, a few months ago, and it was maybe because we were talking about running the race. And it was about running, it was about a race. There was people who were at this race. And the Lord was just speaking to me, and these fins were representing other fins, distractions. So let's say, I don't know, let's say, let's say money. Let's say fun time let's say um what's it called social media whatever might be your distraction there was all of these fins lined up ready to run a race to see who would steal your attention and in in it as I'm, I'm like I don't know if it was a vision or what I'm talking to the Lord and I'm like God where like where are you and the fin God said to me I am not competing for you God doesn't want to compete for our attention and compete for our time. He's already won. And the thing is, some of us need to step out of that race of distractions, seeing who's going to win our time today, and get out of that race and choose God. And say, God, I'm choosing you. That God, I don't feel like spending time with you, but it is a choice that I'm going to choose on a daily basis. You see, Moses had encountered the presence of God to the point that he was being offered the very thing that they had been praying for and asking for for years. And if it meant he was without God, he didn't want it. He didn't want it. And let that be our lives as well, that we want the presence of God more than any other thing in our lives which means we're willing to lay things down. We're willing to push things to the side if it means that we can have more of God. You see, when you read the Old Testament, there were many people that were anticipating what we have access to right now. Many people were desperate for what we have access to now. His presence and his spirit. It's a well-known verse in Joel chapter 2, verse 28, and it says, it's a promise which the Lord makes, and he says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will see visions. 
You see, in that time, this promise was crazy that God's spirit is going to be poured out on every single person. How? Because at the the time in in a lot of the old testament there was only there was the day of atonement which meant one day a year one priest who had done every single thing right was allowed to enter into the presence of God one day a year that was it that one person could enter into the presence of God so when this promise comes saying the spirit of God is coming for everyone for everyone we're living in a day that they anticipated that they hoped for and we have the spirit of God and we just yes cool yes all right no we want to be desperate for his presence and you fast forward to the new testament so we've got so in the old testament we've got Moses and there's various various other people who were desperate for the presence of God who knew the Lord and who loved the Lord and you fast forward to the New Testament and then there's another promise that God himself is coming to dwell among his people and that's when Jesus comes he comes to dwell among us and you witness throughout the gospels the people who encountered Jesus and once again couldn't get enough of his presence couldn't get enough of his presence and you see you know we've got the disciples they were willing to lay everything down for more time with him you see it in the children right they were always around Jesus they loved him they didn't want to be away from him and you see it in the encounter with um, Mary and Martha when Mary just wanted to be with Jesus. Poor Martha. But Mary was desperate. She was just like, I just want Jesus. I actually might try that today. I'll be like, Sean, I can't cook. I just want Jesus. No, you look after the kids. I just need Jesus right now. I'm going to try that one. But anyway, desperate, right? Desperate for the presence of Jesus. They just wanted to be with him. They just wanted to be with him because his presence changes lives. His presence changes lives. And Jesus promised that he would send a helper. And today's known as Pentecost Sunday, the day, the start of the church. You know, we're in the upper room where the presence of God fell. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. And Jesus, as I said, promised he would send us that Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit that would come and live within us. So that when we say God with us, he's right with us. That when we can say God will never leave me or forsake me, it's because he's right with us. And so the Holy Spirit comes and we see it from the beginning of the Bible all the way to the end. God just wants to be with us. That's it. He wants to be with us. He's longing to be with us. And I've realised one thing that sometimes you can have something and not use it when we moved house and you know you're sorting out all your stuff you're like 
I had this and I never used it. There's so many fins. I was like, wow, and this one, and I never used it. And it can be the same with the Holy Spirit in our lives. We have him, but we're never with him. We have him, but we never actually call on him when we need him. And we continually live life without him. But am I the only one in here who's just like, God, actually, I'm done with that. I want more. I want more of your spirit. I want more of your presence. I want more of you, God. And as I said back to my friend, as people are searching for the presence of God, I'm like, we have it. We have it. The very thing that they're searching for, the very thing that they're desperate for, it's what we have. How can we be the same? His presence changes us. His presence has changed me and his presence wants to change you. His presence wants to change you. The spirit of the Lord wants to come upon you, refresh you and allow you to live for him. Allow you to dream again. Allow you to be the person that he's called you to be. And as we're going to get ready just to um, come to a close, I think my one desire, I guess, after a message like this is just to pray for more. To pray for a refreshing of his spirit. Do you know one of my probably, I don't want to say fears, but one of my concerns sometimes is that people can come into the house of God needing him and leaving the same. They come in broken, addicted, desperate but every Sunday you somehow leave the same and it's not to put law on us but I'm, as I'm reading the word I'm seeing that there's a requirement from us it says draw near to God and he'll draw near to you come to him and you'll find rest for your souls if you're weary, if you're weak, if you just know you're at a point in your life where you need him, why don't you just stand to your feet and we're going to pray. I know I'm going to pretend I'm sitting down and I'm going to stand because I know that's me. <laughs> love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Where would we be without your spirit, God? Father, we just stand humbly. We come before you in complete humbleness, admitting that we're nothing without you. Admitting, God, that we need you. We can't live life without you. And so, Father, right now, I just pray for a refreshing of your spirit. Let your spirit bring life into those dry places. Let your spirit bring your peace, Father God, in the minds that are battling. 
that have been battling anxiety, that have been battling depression and any other mental health issue. Let your spirit just come upon them, Lord, and fill them with your peace. And Father, we just pray more of you. More of you, God. More of you in our homes. More of you in our lives, God. That, Father, this isn't just a token prayer. We're desperate for you, Jesus. We're desperate for you, oh God. Father, fill us. Fill us in Jesus' name. Whatever it is that you need, whatever it is that's been going on in your world, just lift up your voice to God right now. Lift up your voice to Him. God, we need you. We need you, Jesus. We need you. We pray life in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. And I... Praise God. You're worthy, God. And as we just come to a close, if there's anyone who's never given their life to Jesus, I'm just going to ask you just to lift your hand for me. If that's you and you're saying, I want to come back to the Lord, why don't you just lift your hand? We've got two people at the back. Is there anyone else this morning who's saying, God, I want you. God, I need you. I need to give my life to you. I need to repent. We've got a third person. Is there anybody else this morning? We've only literally got one minute left, unfortunately. Is there anyone else this morning? We've got three people. Four, five, four. We've got four people. Anyone else? I've literally got 10 seconds, unfortunately. We have a fire alarm. Is there anyone else this morning? Okay, we've got four people. If there's more people, please come and speak to me after the service. We just pray God's goodness over you, Father. We thank you they've come back to you. And Father, we just speak your love and your blessing over them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God.